Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the news section. This episode features a conversation between Dr. Heather Wakeley and Dr. Chandra Balani. Dr. Wakeley is a professor of medicine in the Division of Oncology at Stanford University and is the faculty director of the Stanford Cancer Clinical Trials Office. She is also the current president-elect of ISLC, the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer. Dr. Balani is the chief scientific officer of ISLC. Dr. Wakeley and Dr. Balani will discuss a recent study from the American Cancer Society, or ACS, that reported a significant drop in lung cancer mortality rates. Chandra, it's great to be able to do this podcast with you, especially in your new role as the Chief Scientific Officer for IASLC. I remember uh, where I was when I got this news about this great ACS report and how exciting it was to hear that there had been a drop in lung cancer mortality. It was really focusing on lung cancer mortality overall, but the headline was focusing on lung cancer specifically. You and I have been taking care of lung cancer patients now for quite a while, and I remember early in my career, we kept trying and trying and would make little steps, little steps, but hearing this news to me just felt like we had suddenly really made an impact and so much so that I had a lot of my relatives reaching out and offering their congratulations, which obviously was not to me, but to sort of all of us who've been working in this field for so long. So that was my reaction to it. And I would be really curious to hear what was your reaction when you first learned about this? I agree with you, Heather, that this is uh, in fact uh, great for us lung cancer investigators to see that the cancer rates overall have fallen for most cancers, the declines in lung cancer accounting for the most significant portion of the change. The declines accelerated for lung cancer from 3% annually during 2008 through 2013 to 5% during 2013 through 2017 in men, and from 2% to almost 4% in women, spurring the largest ever single yearly drop in overall cancer mortality of 2.2% from 2016 to 17. I personally think, Heather, that uh, it's undeniable that tobacco control, though it dates back to a few decades, is the major element in the decline of lung cancer deaths. But as you know, that tobacco control is not the only thing because it gives you a small, steady improvement. The dramatic results, I think, have come beyond tobacco control and smoking cessation is from immunotherapy and precision medicine, which is uh, actually in a way exciting. And I think that we are getting to the next level in the overall management of lung cancer. Do you agree? I do. I, I think that there are so many aspects of this. When I think about how do we impact lung cancer, I, I think about it from the very beginning. So what causes lung cancer? How do we prevent that? How do we find lung cancer early, which is obviously with the screening, and I'd love to talk, come, come back and talk with you more about that. And then the significant uh, advances that we have made in treatment, as you just highlighted, in regards to precision medicine and immune therapy, 
adding on top of the chemotherapy, which I believe still remains the backbone of the treatment options that we have. And those are, you know, chemotherapy is obviously something that has been a huge part of, of your career up until recently, where we've all shifted with so many different options of things that we can work on. So I want to kind of come back then a little bit to the prevention of, of cancer development. And you highlighted the smoking cessation, which clearly continues to be a key issue in when we talk about lung cancer prevention is how do we reduce the the still global epidemic of tobacco consumption. Um, and we have made some headway, but there's certainly room to go there. Uh, and then um, also, we know that a large percentage of our lung cancer patients, at least for me here in California, and I just came from a conference in Asia, a lot of lung cancer is happening in people who don't smoke. So the tobacco cessation is a huge part of what we need to do, but also understanding why is lung cancer happening in addition to the lung cancer that develops from tobacco? There are other causes also, and and that work is really key. And then the screening. And I wanted to talk with you specifically about how much you think screening has played a role in the decrease that was just reported by the American Cancer Society? As you know, Heather, the lung cancer screening trial demonstrated that low-dose CT screening has the potential to reduce risk of death by 20%. Now, there are certain biases uh, which are carried forth uh, from that data. And dissemination of effective screening programs has been proven to be very difficult. And as suggested uh, by Otis Brawley in the cancer letter, that the uptake of screening is only 2% of eligible current or former smokers that are getting screened. So what I believe, and I heard at the ASCR uh, ISLC conference uh, a couple of days ago, that screening is limited to heavy smokers. Individuals come in annually for CT screening and blood draw, The plasma is tested for cancer-specific proteins and autoantibodies, but it is primarily for adenocarcinoma. I think that we need to go beyond and see how we can increase the uptake of CT screening. And we also need to apply newer technologies, including deep and machine learning, to develop validated databases and to detect squamous and small cell lung cancer early, which will help us stratify that indeterminate nodule. So I think more work needs to be done in this area. And ISLC, as we talked about it, is uh, leading some of the efforts in uh, making screening as uh, easily possible in the community setting. So I think we need to increase awareness. We need to increase education. And not only of for the medical oncologists, but also of the, for the community physicians or the primary care providers. Great. No, I, I think that's really, really um, some great points there. And yeah, a lot of room to grow and in increasing awareness of the benefits of screening, but also trying to figure out how do we expand screening. In parts of Asia, I was actually at a conference in Taiwan, there's been a real focus on screening in the non-smokers because they've clearly demonstrated, at least there, that the rates of adenocarcinoma and never smoking women have definitely been increasing. So that's going to be another aspect of it too. Um, but great to hear your thoughts on the screening there. No, I agree. I think that we should pro- probably expand screening to a larger population. 
because just limiting it to heavy smokers just makes it constrained or limited. Mm -hmm. Right. So in your uh, earlier in this uh, conversation, you had talked about how much you feel that immune therapy has had an impact on this decline in, in mortality that's been reported. And I wanted to see if you wanted to follow up on that at all and talking about how that's really been the game changer. So we know from the current data of immunotherapy that when we look at five-year survivals of previously heavily treated patients with advanced lung cancer, immunotherapy has resulted in approximately 25% long-term survivors, at least in the clinical trials. And in patients who have not been previously treated for advanced disease, the five-year survival has been as high as 29%. And this was unheard of in the past. Right. And now we have made further progress by adding chemotherapy to immunotherapy. And hopefully the long-term results uh, may show much more improvement. And in today's date, meaning I personally, uh, amongst the patients who have been who I have treated with chemo immunotherapy and immunotherapy and chemotherapy, there are a number of long-term survivals beyond five, six, seven, and eight years. Mm -hmm. So this thing was not seen in the past, and I think there is a certain plateau, and it's time that we look for precision biomarkers uh, to enlarge this effort to people who will benefit from immunotherapy and immunotherapy in combination with chemotherapy. That would further increase the overall outcome. Right. What do no, you think? I, I think that that is really the key. We've seen about 20 to 25% of patients having tremendous responses to immune th therapy alone or with chemotherapy. And these five-year survival results, I mean, five-year survival results when we were in the era of chemotherapy were practically unheard of. And here we are at 20, 25%, which is tremendous. And I, obviously that does seem to be a, a huge part of this mortality benefit that, that we were just hearing about from, from the ACS. But it's not everybody. It's still the majority of patients are not getting those benefits. And so trying to understand what is it that's different about the tumors that respond and about the people who have tumors that respond and how can we change the tumor and perhaps the microenvironment in the microbiome as well as other aspects of the host factors to get those better responses in other people who aren't right now getting those same mortality benefits from the immune therapy. So I, I think that's where there's a lot of research to be done and, and a lot of really exciting work already underway. So within that, at that vein, one of the things that we've not talked about in this interview, but you and I have talked about in the past and many others, is lung cancer historically has not been as well funded in research as some of the other cancers, possibly related to the stigma that is associated with lung cancer, where even though we know that lung cancer can happen in people who don't smoke, because the majority, at least in the U.S., of lung cancer patients do have a smoking history, Historically, there's been a stigma and a lot of reluctance for people to get behind supporting lung cancer research. Now, fortunately, that stigma, that perception is changing, but it's still there to some degree. And then I think even more striking that we've seen such tremendous improvements in lung cancer outcomes, despite the fact that there has been a real dearth of funding for lung cancer research compared to multiple other cancers. 
in your new role as a chief scientific officer, if you were to come across a federal official or congressperson uh, and you had an opportunity to talk to them about lung cancer funding, do you have things that you would say that would be different than, say, you might have five, ten years ago? I think that we should emphasize that these novel treatments are saving lives and that we have a finite cure rate even given empirically, though we have gone from uh, targeted therapy to empiric therapy again. But I think these empiric therapy, again, if they become targeted in the uh, meaning, if we give immune therapy with precision, I think that we will increase the overall outcome and we should stress this to the policymakers and also to the uh, funding agencies that it is time to uh, increase funding for lung cancer because we, in fact, are saving mm-hmm. lives. Though we should not still forget that smoking cessation and uh, tobacco control are two most important aspects. And also to increase the uptake of screening, which uh, should be accepted worldwide. I think these are the efforts that will save more lives in the future. Great. From your perspective... What role do you feel ISLC has played in helping to create this incredible mortality decrease that was reported by the ACS? I think the, the membership of the ISLC has been involved in all these advances. So with 8,600 members worldwide, uh, it's uh, fair to say that ISLC has provided the foundation for all these members to work in that arena. And ISLC gives out fellowships to young investigators to conduct these experiments, uh, both in the laboratory and in the clinic, and uh, these translational efforts, which have led to these uh, newer treatments. And I think the efforts continue at the present point in time and will continue in the future. So we heard at these recent meetings that a number of ISLC investigators have been successful. And moving forwards, actually, as you uh, know, that combining immunotherapy with either uh, chemokine super agonists or vaccination will be the key. And early efforts are showing uh, from these young investigators who have been granted fellowships from the ISLC that uh, these efforts will come to fruition in the future. Great. Yeah, I think emphasizing the fact that the these advances have come from people working in the field of lung cancer research and treatment of patients. And those people are ISLC members. And ISLC's focus on education and mentorship of junior people is really how we continue to move things forward. So I couldn't have said it better myself. Right. So I think uh, this has been a, a great time talking through a really a moment of, of celebration in the world of lung cancer treatment where we can really look back and reflect on true movement of uh, improvements in mortality in a disease that at least for the first few decades was very slow movement. Um, we, we didn't see this kind of improvement happening and now all of a sudden it's new, 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 new things. Uh, in immune therapy, targeted treatments, screening, and as you said, so exciting to see the, the laboratory work that's happening also and how we can envision that continuing to lead to these drops in mortality uh, over the years to come, but in a much faster pace than what we've seen in the past. And with that, um, I thought we could close the podcast unless you wanted to add anything further. 
No, no. Thank you for being with me on the podcast. And uh, it has been a real pleasure. And it's good talking to you. And hopefully we can uh, work uh, together to transform lung cancer care in the future. Looking forward to it. And it's uh, great to have had this moment again to pause and really think about this as a moment of celebration, but so much still to, to go and, and ahead of us as we continue in the efforts against lung cancer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit the news section on IASLC.org for more Lung Cancer Considered podcasts. And please like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud and share them with your friends and colleagues. 